0: Well, hey there freaks, it's your boy Marty Ben here to introduce this flash episode of Tales from the Crypt, sat down with our good friend Bitcoin Tina to talk about the perfect storm of things that are happening in the world that are bullish for Bitcoin. A lot going on right now, uh, particularly this week in American markets uh, and globally with the coronavirus spreading. Uh, I think you guys are going to like it. Quick one, always bullish, bullish as always with our good friend Tina. This episode is brought to you by the Cash App. Freaks to know all about them. I was actually, uh, had a friend reach out to me the yesterday, the, not the other day, yesterday. He was like, ah, what's the easiest way to buy Bitcoin? I remember he told me to download that. What was it? The Cash App. That's what I said. It's the easiest way to buy Bitcoin. Uh, he had to be refreshed. His memory had to be refreshed yesterday. I did a little uh, a video on my cell phone showing him how to buy Bitcoin. I did that thing where you record your screen, uh, went to the Cash App, scrolled over to the squiggly line, the chart, over to Bitcoin, hit it up, bought $50, hit $50, want to buy $50, hit buy, held my fingerprint down, hit confirm, boom, $50 worth of Bitcoin in my cash app, was able to send it right off to a hardware wallet uh, and basically get my financial sovereignty in less than 30 seconds. It was crazy. All right, so they're letting you stack sats, they're letting you uh, send sats, receive sats, And then on top of that, they're letting you stack slivers of stonks if you want to. You guys have heard about it already, but if you haven't, Cash App Investing is now here. If you have a stock that you want to invest in, a stonk, um, you can buy uh, as little as $1 with it. If it's a little too expensive, you don't have to buy the whole thing. buy a sliver of a stonk now because your account is connected to your bank account. Your Cash App account is directly connected to your bank account. You don't have to wait four to five days. You can start investing today. Uh, cash App Investing is a subsidiary square, remember SIPC, as always, use the code stacking sets. you're going to get $10 when you sign up, and $10 is going to go to our good friends at Owl's Lacrosse, that's Owl's Lacrosse.
1: Ooh, ooh.
0: Enjoy this episode with our good friend Tina, I know I certainly did. Take care. what is up freaks welcome back to tales from the crypt it's your boy marty bent here with a flash episode had our good friend repeat guest reach out to me over dms and say hey we need to talk i'd like to introduce you freaks again to bitcoin tina tina how are we
1: great every day is a good day in bitcoin (laughs) that's
0: what you're saying every every all news is good news for bitcoin
1: all news is good news for bitcoin all obstacles are overcome by the social layer of Bitcoin, because Bitcoin is, by its nature, anti-fragile.
0: Yes. And uh, to preface this episode, we are not fear-mongering, all right? This is an optimistic episode. We are just laying the land, uh, giving a lay of the land, and explaining how it may or may not affect Bitcoin going into the future. Um, so it's been a pretty chaotic week in the markets, in the world. Uh, coronavirus, uh, you are describing, is the perfect storm for Bitcoin Uh, is going to be the title of this episode. Uh, Why do you think this?
1: Okay, this is the perfect storm for Bitcoin. Now, first of all, Bitcoin is neither a risk on nor a risk off asset. Bitcoin is the core to an emerging economic paradigm. In my opinion, for what it's worth, um, I had believed and continue to believe that in the 2020s, we'll see negative rates. At a minimum, we'll see zero rates um and we'll see massive government spending i believe that there's a very good chance there's a very good chance that the coronavirus may have accelerated this timetable um, i don't know how corona plays out it's very hard to say there's a lot of data we don't know yet and um i, I, I don't know exactly how it will play out But I think that it becomes an excuse for government spending that governments want to do anyway because governments like to spend money. So it becomes a very easy excuse to spend. It becomes a very easy excuse for central banks to cut rates because they kind of want to cut rates anyway, regardless of what they say. They still like to cut rates and they know they need to. So it's not even their fault for cutting rates. So they don't even have to take the blame because there are always these entities who want to go after them saying they shouldn't cut rates <sighs> central banks can throw up their hands say, you know we we can't control this thing now some will say that um cutting rates doesn't help deal with a virus and no cutting rates doesn't but the thing is if markets were to crash and i I don't know if markets will crash or not crash. I am very up in the air on that. I had said a while ago that I expect stocks to be essentially flat for a decade. I continue to feel that way. I was somewhat doubtful of that view not that long ago when things were just soaring. But it seems that events have taken a turn that has reeled in that possibility again, uh, that we may be flat essentially for a decade. And I think we're sort of in this push me, pull you environment where it's tug of war between, um, what gets done. So even though maybe stocks should decline because of events, if governments spend like crazy and central banks buy assets, then things don't go down. Um, we have certain things which are immutable and demographics is immutable. Although some told me today that who knows, maybe this thing is a <laughs> is a plan to get rid of aged boomers. Um, I don't know if that's true or not. Um, I certainly hope not. But I actually don't think it's a plan to get rid of aged boomers and those who are older than boomers. I think if I had to guess that Nobody planned this thing. This was completely unplanned. And I don't know if it's nature or anything else. But
0: um, I hope not for your sake too. Huh? I said, I Open hope not for my your seat? sake too.
1: Thanks. Yeah. I appreciate that. Well, the problem is that even, <laughs> even if you don't die from it, um, I heard recently that You could wind up with permanent lung damage. So, you know, even if you're 25 years old, permanent lung damage for the rest of your life, it's really not something to look forward to. So, you really don't want to get sick. Uh, And I don't know if that's, you know, the bad strain or the not bad strain. But I think because it becomes this event which will encourage massive governmental spending. um, And I think, you know, I think we're going to have huge spending regardless. I don't think it would matter who's in office, I think that you'd see spending either an infrastructure project or a green deal or, or uh, a- any different ways that you would see just enormous spending. And uh, I think the, the central banks, the Fed would, will expand their balance sheet to keep that spending and the debt issuance from uh, driving rates much higher. It's a very weird, it's a very weird environment. But if that view is correct on my part, it becomes incredibly bullish for Bitcoin. Crashing stocks at the end of the day is not bullish for Bitcoin. I mean, if the water in the bathtub goes down, your little sailboat that you have floating on the top of the water is likely to go down with it. It's it's not gonna be helpful to have uh, stocks, let's say, get cut in half. So, um, could it happen? Sure, it could happen. I don't know whether or not stocks will get hit dramatically. But I think that you will see actions taken by central government's actions taken by central banks that will look to prevent that. Whereas in prior periods, um, these various entities were always reactive, I think they're going to be far more proactive, because we've been living in an environment for the last decade, where everything is bubblicious out there so if if capital markets come down very hard namely stocks that becomes a a pretty big problem for everybody because um money conditions get tight when money conditions get tight credit conditions get tight and that becomes very hard for the real economy so net net i mean this may be a crazy point of view but i think that we will see an environment that becomes perfect for bitcoin when you throw in the having with um what i think will be the backdrop for very easy money additionally there may be things happening like you saw with germany and now maybe announced today with france uh, and india you have um a lot of you have a positive backdrop for bitcoin and so To me, this becomes the the perfect storm. By perfect storm, I mean like a really great thing that uh, you're going to see all kinds of forces come together that cause this thing to go possibly higher than numbers that I have said. I have guessed that you see a massive overshoot. Um, The overshoot comes related to stock to flow which the projection is $100,000. And I have always thought that from a psychological perspective, getting to $100,000 causes a lot of people who are highly skeptical and critical to change their mind and look at this thing very differently and want to jump on board. You know, you get a guy who listened to Jamie Dimon, listened to Warren Buffett, listened to whoever was critical and negative on Bitcoin, and they look at a price of 50, 60, 70, 80, $100,000, they said to themselves, Oh, I, 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 <laughs> I, I thought this thing was going to go away. And then it's sitting at prices that they think are crazy. And they start to say, I got to get me some of that. And I think you're going to hear a lot of people saying, I got to own me some of that. And I have said for a while, and I continue to say, just by 1%. You know, it's One percent won't hurt you. Now, that's not financial advice, but realistically, if you fall off the curb on the sidewalk and it's only like an inch or two, it's really hard to get really hurt. I mean, sure, you could fall down and break your hip (laughs) if you're really old or really clumsy, but that's not going to happen to most people. uh, And it's really hard to do with one percent. It's only one percent of your net worth and I think it's a highly reasonable thing. I think by the end of this decade, we can see truly insane numbers. And so the risk reward profile on that is just outstanding. So if I'm at all right about the backdrop for this thing, then it's just become a much, much better investment. And all of these things are coming together, hence the term, the perfect storm. Again, not in a bad way, but in a really good way, a really optimistic, really positive way. And, uh, I mean, think about that. Governments starting to become more accepting. Really easy money. And um, what was the other thing that I said?
0: Uh, Stagnant stock markets for... uh... No,
1: no, yeah, yeah, no, no. Really easy money. Governments coming together and um the government's becoming FOMO? more accepting now i forgot what i said <laughs> I
0: fomo f- fomo said. after fomo um, after a certain level by
1: uh no no that was that no i'm just talking about the, the, the overall backdrop i have to go listen to what i said to remember um
0: interest but, rates falling below zero
1: well that relates to the easy money well that and, and that will push people into wanting to own bitcoin
0: um
1: <laughs> so listen to what i said to remember what i said um well, but but it creates it creates a very positive backdrop those 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 various uh those various things that are happening and so one thing oh you- the having the having so you got that, you have the having you have very easy money which i think is is very likely plus you have growing acceptance among governments i mean what more can you ask for to me that's what you call an absolutely perfect environment and um I think that people really underestimate this. I have said for a long time, all surprises in Bitcoin will be on the upside. And I think people who try to get cute with this, who try to trade it, who try to sell it. Oh, one of the things that really had a lot of impact on me recently is I was having a conversation with another Bitcoiner who was trading um, TLT options because he wanted to make a bet on long dated paper, uh, long dated treasuries. And, um, you know, I told him I was a little concerned. I, I thought it was a great idea. I think rates would go a lot lower, but he had owned some April paper and some May paper. I said, you know, who knows? It could take a while. And then rates were like 150 at the time. And the 10 year yield as we speak is 0.745. So it just got cut in half in like a little more than two weeks. So I feel I feel like a real idiot, but this stuff can happen really fast. So well, that's
0: that's something uh, I wanna that's something I want to dive into, right? Is it feels like the Fed and markets have been blindsided and they're scrambling right now. The Fed had an emergency fifty bit cut earlier this week. Uh like like you just mentioned, people are are funneling into to treasuries, driving down those yields. And that's like the Fed cut uh seemed very bearish to me because it had a like a five-minute market rally after the initial after the cut initially hit the market, and then markets began tanking immediately again. And the one thing about this virus is it's really highlighting the the pain points in our supply chain and and the pain points of globaliz- global, ugh, globalization and uh, sort of the the vulnerable situation America has put itself in. Particularly, um, can you print your way out of this, or do you think there's a chance that there's a total And this is something I'm sort of leaning towards. There's a a total crisis of confidence in the institutions, mainly the Fed, that they're able to control this stuff.
1: I don't disagree with anything you just said, but I do think that cutting rates will be supportive of markets. I do think if markets were to simply just crash, that that can create the environment that makes it a self-fulfilling prophecy if markets just get taken down very hard. Uh, I, I believe that we are in a world <clears throat> and have been in a world for a long time where the real economy has become the tail and the markets have become the dog. And so I think that if if the stock market crashes, if the global stock markets crash, you wind up with, um, overall tighter financial conditions and tighter financial conditions make for a more difficult environment. I think these were bad policies from the beginning. But it doesn't matter what I think it matters where we are. It doesn't matter how we got here. It matters that we're here now. Um, It doesn't matter if the rock breaks the glass pitcher, or the pitcher hits the rock, it's going to be bad for the pitcher. It doesn't matter. If the stocks crater. If they do, it's going to be bad for the real economy, and it's going to be a problem. I agree with you that there's a lot of weakness in supply chains, there are a lot of fragilities in the economy. But adding one more problem to the mixture doesn't make it better. So no cutting rates in and of themselves does not fix the underlying problems. But if stocks crash in conjunction with the other problems happening, it doesn't make the, that cocktail a better cocktail for solving these problems. It, it, at this point, it probably makes it worse. And um, I don't think these are good policies. I haven't thought these were good policies for many, 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 many years. But it's where we are th- now.
0: I'm not and, trying to say that you believe that. But no, I'm no, to I say not, like- no,
1: no, no. I, I, I don't think you're trying to say that I believe that.
0: Do you do you envision a possibility in which the policies are completely ineffective this time around? Like and they they pump a bunch of money in, but not even that can can keep stock markets at stasis.
1: Markets are dependent on earnings as well as um, price earnings multiples. Um, I don't know if multiples can expand. That's why I kind of believe that you're going to see <clears throat> this push me pull you because you could have a, a tough earnings environment and it can be a tough earnings environment for a while, which keeps pressure on stocks. But at the same time you get all kinds of support from fiscal policies that become supportive of those earnings. And if you have central banks looking to control the shape of the curve, and keeping rates down by keeping bond prices from selling off then you create an environment where multiples can remain high so that's why you wind up with this really strange environment of being able to maintain relatively high prices even though maybe it shouldn't be Uh, i think we're in a world today which is different from the world of the last uh, 90 years because i think that we having been through these crises already the response has become far more activist rather than reactive and so it's not good that we got here but we're going to do more of the same to keep the thing going and that becomes very positive for bitcoin and ultimately in my view bitcoin will be the thing that takes us to that next economic paradigm. And it has to become a lot bigger for that to happen. And I think we're in that environment where Bitcoin is going to become enormous in the course of the 2020s. And I think it's going to go to levels that people cannot possibly imagine. I'd be very reluctant to part with my Bitcoin if I were if I were whoever's listening to this. I'd be very you're reluctant not, to part with it. You're
0: not margin trading it right now?
1: No, I never margin trade it. I, I, I sit with fully owned. I sit with fully owned Bitcoin. I also own GBTC, and that I do have for the purpose of selling because I do have to pay my bills, and uh, <laughs> and I like to eat, and I like to have a roof over my head. So I, I do have GBTC, whose sole purpose is to sell, uh, because I will need to sell some. But I'm hopeful that I'll have some good prices to sell it at, and uh, I think I'll be right about that. I don't think enough people really understand why this asset will benefit from the environment that we're in look in a worst case scenario when we saw Cyprus in uh, when we saw Cyprus in 2011 12
0: 2011 2012 yeah Um you know money.
1: you don't own your money in the bank you don't own the money at your brokerages those are held by the institutions we saw that with mf global if these institutions go belly up and i'm not suggesting that they do but if they do go belly up they can do whatever they want with your money essentially if you hold your own private keys you actually control your own money if you have an extremely aggressive inflation i believe and i'm not suggesting we have a very extremely aggressive inflation, although I think we're setting the stage for that to happen down the line. That could take three, four, five, six, seven years. I don't know how long that takes, but that could take a while, but it can be a very aggressive inflation. Having an asset which is fixed in supply as well as uh, supply inelastic is very much a beneficiary of, um, of an inflating money supply where money will chase that asset because of its natural qualities, in addition to its scarcity, becomes an asset that you want to own. So I think it becomes the ideal thing to own for the 2020s. And I think this is a really interesting kickoff and this really started with a bang Right in january of 2020 and i think and have thought for a while that 2020s are going to be a truly spectacular decade i would not be surprised to see bitcoin up in the three to five million dollar range by 2030 somewhere between 2028 and 2032 so i'm i'm my guess is a 300 to 500 x return from ten thousand dollars it'd be higher from seven thousand dollars i think the numbers will be Absolutely spectacular, and um,
0: I in think today's dollars, talking
1: something really insane. But
0: five, five, five to eight million dollars in today's dollars.
1: Three to five million.
0: Three to five. You, you bid. Three to you five. bid me
1: up, Marty. <laughs> 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 I, 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 I'll take the low side of that. The three to five million. Um, I, I think it's going to be some really crazy stuff, and I think that I actually would like most people to think that's completely off the charts nuts i'd really prefer they think that rather than thinking it's possible so they probably um, do
0: i'm gonna i think i'm comfortable enough to say that they they probably do people listening to this like, ah, you're actually a lot of people listening to this probably believe you but outsiders definitely
1: oh they Um, they totally think i'm crazy um and and i'm really okay with that Uh, i i think you know they're crazy numbers but i think that I think the world we're, is we're, yes I, I think in today's i think in today's buying power i think if, if you have a very aggressive inflation the numbers would just be whatever no i think in, in today's buying power if you had one bitcoin today it'll buy you what three million dollars would buy you today that's what's going to happen to the value of that or five million dollars what it buys you today uh which means if you have 10 bitcoin you know you're talking about being like a a small whale and if you have 100 bitcoin <laughs> you are a whale and i think a lot of i think a lot of the ogs a lot of them i think will lose their bitcoin along the way which i'm really happy about because i think many of them underestimate the asset that they have they've held it what for them feels like so long they're like all all nervous you're not using this as a medium exchange yet no oh my god it's not going to really work out you got to push it for a medium exchange they're, they're, they're they they feel like these 11 years is like this eternity and and i look at the 11 years like it's nothing and the thing grew from from zero to today what what are we at 170 180 where are we today market cap probably like thing.
0: 165 to 175 billion i would imagine so Somewhere that's in that range.
1: that's enormous and and i think you know it, it's going to grow exponentially in this decade in my opinion uh, will the well, return be as big as from 0 to 160 billion no I mean, but in absolute dollars, the numbers are going to be off the charts, spectacular and, uh, and it's going to be really big, really huge money and everything's pushing it that way.
0: No, I agree. I mean, the world is insane right now. And, uh, I think at least to me, I, I tweeted it out this morning, Bitcoin's engaged in a war of attrition. It's just got to outlast the uh, incumbent financial system and the incumbent f- financial paradigm. Uh, all it has to do is keep producing blocks. And this is a good segue into another ingredient of the perfect storm that you're talking about. Again, the regulation in countries around the world. You mentioned France, Germany, India. Uh, on Rabbit Hole Recap yesterday, Matt and I were talking about how we think the German uh, and, I believe, similarly, uh, the French uh, regulations or new laws uh, are bearish. But you're saying it's it's bullish, even though it may be restrictive for companies to start this is overall good for Bitcoin in the long run. Why do you think that?
1: It's bullish as can be. Because the key to Bitcoin ultimately becoming the money that we use is being large enough to be able to grow and create an internal market that enables us to, to do things <laughs> that worrying. You know, you hide in a crowd. Let's face facts. We live in a world where lots of people use cash to do things that you know, they don't want to pay taxes on. So, how many times have you heard somebody say, uh, you know, uh, give you cash for a discount and, and uh, they get the discount? So, everybody knows what they're going to do. And if the crowd is large enough and if the techniques are there, there are going to be too many transactions to to keep track of. So, I am not bothered by these regulations. I think that when you have 50 million people. 70 million people in America, 70 million Americans using it. Some people will coin join and some people will use lightning. We will we'll use lightning and probably pretty much everyone will coin join or many, many will, will do that. You end up hiding in a crowd. I think what you'll end up seeing at some point along the way is the tax laws will get changed because Bitcoiners will be smart and they will create political action committees. They will donate to PACs PACs will donate to congressmen and senators, and will end up getting favorable laws passed. At $500,000 Bitcoin, there are going to be people who should be giving some money to support politicians who support our point of view, who support favorable tax laws for Bitcoin. Uh, I think it'd be crazy not to. And if you have 10 Bitcoin, it's half a million dollars. That's $5 million. That's a lot of money. So you can afford to give a few thousand dollars to uh, to politicians, and and you do it with you know another fifty thousand bitcoiners, it becomes a lot of money, and politicians will speak, you know, will will do, will, will support your point of view when you give the money. That's how this <laughs> works. We live in a yeah. world where where money talks, and uh, I think that. it's it will be a very positive environment so i'm not at all disturbed we just need to see number go up and anything which promotes number go up and enables people to come into bitcoin is a positive so even though regulation so think about this regulation means you're not banning it if you're regulating it you don't ban it if you're going to ban it you ban it (laughs) you don't regulate it to ban it because you just ban it so regulation is positive it's not negative regulation enables people who look at this and say, I don't wanna buy Bitcoin because the governments are gonna ban it. You say, well, dummy, they just regulated it. So they're obviously not banning it. So you can now invest in this thing. You can be comfortable. This is just like what you're comfortable with. So when you can say to people who have a lot more money than we do, guys who maybe in my age of, of people, that this is regulated and you can feel comfortable owning this, they watch it going up what are they going to do they're going to buy it and they're going to help drive well, the price higher So you let's hone in up- on that huh?
0: I was going to say let's hone in on that what, what do you think a lot of boomers are thinking right now especially this week in the stock market uh, a lot of uh, people your age are they're absolutely are they, not thinking about bitcoin are they they're worried not, about the retirement not funds top of mind. are they worried about the retirement funds right now
1: everybody worries about their money in the stock market when the stock market goes down unless they're short. Who doesn't worry about the stocks that they own when the stock market is going down?
0: Well, I guess a better question is, is how overextended is your generation in stocks?
1: I have no idea. It's, It's so hard to say because, you know, you can't, everybody's different. You know, you have some people who have a lot of money and they may be overextended in stocks, but I know a guy who likes to brag to me that he bought a lot of stocks in 2009. So he's up a lot in those stocks. I mean, realistically, you're pretty close to the all-time highs up here. So, you know, if you bought stocks, the S&P at 7 or 800, and the S&P is now at 2,900, how much can you be hurting? You're still up. You're not happy that it's down. I mean, but, but, but you're up multiples and depending on the stocks you own, you could be up an awful lot. So it depends on who we're talking about. I think it's hard to generalize. I think people like to generalize. There are some people um, where the average retirement amounts are in the neighborhood of Um, $200,000. There've been people speaking of late that have been using those kinds of numbers. $200,000 is probably not enough to retire on at the age of 65 um how much they own in stocks i don't know i think that even a retiree who's 65 should today own one percent in bitcoin even if you had only two hundred thousand dollars one percent in bitcoin will make sense the odds of them buying it under twenty thousand i think are close to zero the odds of them buying it under a hundred thousand i think are not much more than zero and people tend to chase price that's just how we are Most Bitcoiners come to Bitcoin, they get inoculated the first time they hear about Bitcoin. They say, oh, that that's crap. (laughs) And then they don't do anything. And then the price is up five or 10 X or some number from where they first heard about it. And they say, oh, yeah, I think I'm interested in that. I want to buy it. This happens all the time. This happens with probably most people in Bitcoin there. There's only a handful of people who heard about it and bought it right away. Um, at least that's from the stories that I hear and, and people can correct that uh, if they know different, but I think that the upside is enormous. And even if you pay a hundred thousand dollars, if I'm right on the numbers and I believe that I will be, then you still have a tremendous upside. So that's really going to be okay. So people will come into this in the course of uh, the next few years. I think this will be the first mainstream bull market and there's a good chance that like that first big bull market you had early on not the one in 2016 and 2017 that this will be quite surprising to where it goes because there's a global tsunami of money that's going to start coming into bitcoin it's going to come in as a trickle everything in economics seems to be gradually then suddenly Mm -hmm. that's how markets tend to work gradually, then suddenly, and it gradually takes a while. Exponential curves look linear in the early stages. That's the gradually part. They hit a critical point and then suddenly happens. And I think Bitcoin will be no different. And I think we'll go through a series of these things. And I think the next year, two, three, possibly four years are quite shocking. Take us to numbers that are really quite crazy. I don't know what the next bear market looks like. I think the next bull market uh, which we may be in the early stages of will end up being quite spectacular because the psychology which is set up, and that's a big factor too. So you have all these positive forces happening, and you have this massive buildup of negative psychology. It'll be like a dam bursting as people know what they heard about Bitcoin. They know about the negative view. I mean, how many people? I talk to people, and they they think I'm crazy. I talk to a lot of people. Oh, yeah. Bitcoin? No, I'm not interested.
0: People think That's... you're crazy.
1: Yeah, no, I'm not. I, I really, I'm not interested in that thing. Don't, don't bother me. Oh, the Bitcoin guy. Oh my God, <laughs> gotta get away. Gotta get away from that guy. It's the Bitcoin guy. He's nothing but trouble. I mean, people make jokes about this, but it's true. We're annoying. I'm really annoying. Um,
0: oh, don't say that.
1: Oh, I'm sure people think that.
0: But well. You're touching on something that I'm very interested in and something I think about a lot, too, is after the next bull market or X amount of bull markets, what does the the correction look like? Is it as intense? And psychologically, what is the threshold at which people are like, all right, this is here, this isn't going anywhere, and we don't see uh, an 80 to 90% crash again after maybe we plateau, fall 50%? Okay, um, so you
1: have misquoted me. From, from our first podcast back in, in January of 2019. You have misquoted me when I said that volatility will subdue, i.e. downside volatility will become lessened, but upside volatility will remain insane. So I think that there's a good likelihood that at some point, maybe the next bear market, more than likely, definitely the one after that, that the downside will be greatly diminished from what we've seen. Now, I'll give you a caveat. If we were to go to a million dollar Bitcoin in the next four years, I don't know what it looks like. If if, if Bitcoin were to go from where it is now through a series of moves up to a million dollars, I don't know what a crash would or would not look like. It's very hard to guess. If we really overshoot where I think we should go, and I think we should go to that two or four hundred thousand dollar range, which people think is crazy. But if we really overshoot, could we crash down to one or two hundred thousand dollars? Maybe. And I actually don't want to see million dollar Bitcoin in the next three or four years. Uh, I'd rather only see, you know, I know people think this is crazy, Bitcoin going to you know two to four hundred thousand dollars, because if you if you if you dropped from a peak of four hundred thousand to one fifty which is not nearly as bad as what we've seen, then lots of people will feel comfortable coming in at 150. If you went to a million in this massive spike, where like in the last month or two, you went from $500,000 up to a million, you'd potentially have a lot of people who just got blown out on really high prices. So how long that takes to correct, it could take a really long time to correct. I don't want to see something like that. Could we see it? It's possible we could see it. I. Don't want to see it. Um, I think that would be an incredibly hard environment. I think it'd be very hard to trade. I think it'd be very hard to sell. I think the chain would become probably heavily bogged down. We'd have a hard time moving Bitcoin to sell Bitcoin. I don't want to see that. I don't want to see that.
0: Um, and actually, that brings up a good point. I forget who said it. Core developer recently said that the the pace of development at the protocol level is is pacing nicely with the price right now. So uh bitcoin is usable at this price at this uh, adoption um level and um it'll be interesting to see how development paces with the price going forward especially if markets continue doing what they're doing and animal spirits take over um do you think the protocol uh is is better positioned for a a bull run moving forward
1: is better positioned than what, than it was three years ago?
0: The protocol, like the, the technology. I'm not, I'm not an expert
1: on the protocol. I'm not going to, I'm not going to speculate on that. I'm not knowledgeable enough there. I think there's a lot of great things happening, but that's really a question for other people, not for me. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that the infrastructure background is, is friendlier towards massive amounts of money coming in and will continue to accelerate. And we'll see, more money coming into uh, developing s- potential scaling layers and, 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 and businesses trying to find their way. Look, we, we see that with somebody like Square, a company like Square that is supporting core developers, that is uh, doing a lot of really, really positive things. I would expect with rising prices, we'll see, at least I hope we do, more companies that are like Square. Uh, we have Fidelity that's, that's doing stuff. I think that we'll see a lot of investment uh, where companies are trying to build their own businesses and, and, and benefit from, and from using Bitcoin and are supportive of the values of Bitcoin. And I'm hopeful that we'll see that. As far as the protocol goes, that, that is over and above my head. And I'm not an expert in that. I won't comment. I think for the infrastructure, I think we've built a lot of infrastructure in the last few years, and I think that will continue to happen, which will allow for more money flows coming in. Was the Cash App around in 2017?
0: Uh, towards the tail end, I believe. They started Were, like, what well, Was right.
1: anybody using it?
0: Uh, not as many people as are using it today. So people obviously.
1: are using it widely. So Cash App is is, is a phenomenal onboard, onboarding tool um and and so there are, there are a lot of things that are onboarding. you've got give bitcoin uh out there you know that becomes an onboard. there are a lot of things that are out there that are building there are a lot of things that were not there in 2017 which would be supportive but if if things become truly crazy and you're dealing with a very fixed asset um it depends on what hodlers do how much they release and what prices they release at it it becomes really hard to imagine people become crazy when prices go up they really do we saw this in the late 90s in the dot com bubble so it's hard to know i find as much as i say these things i don't actually believe what i say and i'll give you whoa whoa
0: whoa 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 whoa
1: no let me no let me let me tell you i'll give you a perfect example it's my own, in my own personal life so in 2003 and 4 i was talking about gold and i was saying you know, there are going to be all these problems. And and, and uh, so I bought like two gold coins. It's like nothing. And then 2008 happened and they did TARP. And I said to myself, oh, my God, the banking system almost just shut down. So then I started buying gold. Um, <laughs> this thing can really happen. The banking system can actually shut down. So when I say I don't believe what I say, I say it. But then it's like, oh, I don't go load up on gold in 2000, 2002, 2003, when I should have been doing that. Um, so I thought rates are gonna go down. And then like two weeks later, they get cut in half. So yeah, I think rates can go down, but I don't think rates are gonna go down in two weeks. So when I say, I don't believe what I say, I, I can be right about something, but yet I'm also surprised at how aggressive it is and how right i might be in something
0: so your ideas I right think, the timing's off a little bit
1: well it's just like you believe it but it's like it's when you're talking about things which are really hard to believe it's sometimes even hard to believe it yourself that if bitcoin is sitting at four hundred thousand dollars i'm gonna be like i said i'm gonna four hundred thousand dollars but man I didn't think it would really go to $400,000 this fast. And, and, and we won't, it's gonna be hard to believe. I promise you, it goes to $400,000, you will not believe it and neither will most other people. And if it goes higher, we're gonna be really bonkers and the whole world will be bonkers. It, they're very, we can say these things but actually watching it happen, you still sa- you still stand there with your mouth open just in astonishment. And I think it should happen, but actually watching the thing actually happen, I'm astonished that the 10-year paper is at 0.748 right now. I'm astonished. I look at the yield curve. The curve is all un- pretty much, not, not the 30-year, all under 1%. These are astonishing numbers. I did not live in a world like this. I mean, I saw sure post post-2008, 2000, uh, but in the 90s, you had rates that were what we considered normal rates in the five and six percent range. <laughs> numbers, these numbers are crazy. I mean, we regularly had uh, money markets with five and six percent. We had, you know, two year, three year, five year treasury paper, five percent, six percent, ten year paper in, in numbers like that. Um, it's just really hard to imagine. When things really do happen, and so talking about it is one thing, and then seeing it happen is really very different. I am comfortable in my views, but even though I'm saying all these things, we'll still be shocked when it happens because these are shocking things, and they
0: you can't you can't deny your. Your human instinct, right? Everybody has a
1: hard time imagining a world that's different from the one they know. And that includes me. It's very hard to imagine a world that you don't know yet. And yet, yes, I believe it. Yes, I think it's going to happen. But when it happens, it will be astonishing. It will astonish even those of us who believe it will happen. Does that make any I sense? Like- I know, I know. You looked. You you got really nervous when I said that. You got really nervous. I can see the look come no, no. across your face. Like, what the hell is this?
0: No, I thought you were. Uh, I thought you were going to contradict yourself, but I completely understand what you're saying. I felt that way in 2017. Like, I couldn't believe I got the twenty thousand when I got there. And like you, I've been. Uh, I've been saying that I think it will hit millions of dollars one day. What year did you buy Bitcoin? Um, that's a very personal question. Richard,
1: approximately. Okay. Uh, 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 approximately, what price did you buy Bitcoin?
0: Approximately mm-hmm. range my uh i right if I you're not con- at I bought at the at the height of the last bubble before the twenty seventeen bubble,
1: but did you In buy lower than that too
0: yes, I did okay,
1: so when you bought lower than that, did you really think it was gonna hit twenty thousand
0: I mean I thought so, yes, but when it happened were you
1: amazed when it got there
0: yeah I was having like and this is a PSA to all you freaks out there, like make sure you have, uh, especially stuff that you have in your own custody down, like lockdown, because uh, that, that treasure, those hardware wallets get very heavy when that price starts to rise. Um, I'm, no, I, but my I'm, point
1: is, my point is, you know, if you see something, if you're buying Bitcoin at three hundred dollars, and you see it at ten thousand dollars, and it's not that many years later, <clears throat> it's pretty astonishing. Yeah. I have to add this one thing before we go. Bitcoin is the key to a long life. Why do you say this? Because it may not be any longer, but watching it every day, it sure seems like it's a lot longer. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right? Right? Uh,
1: yeah, yeah. It's been a very long two years. <laughs>
0: I know. It's well, been very, it's been a fun two years two too. Years. What's that? It's been fun. Get. It's been a fun two years.
1: I didn't say it isn't fun. I just said it's long. We watch this thing twenty four seven. Right. Even you people about, say they don't look,
0: huh? Do you ever think about taking a vacation from watching this stuff twenty four seven?
1: How do you take a vacation from it? It's 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 everywhere. You can't you can't help yourself.
0: Um, you I get, like to watch it, to I just, but I don't
1: but I don't trade it. I just sit and I watch it.
0: Does that drive you crazy at all? I mean, you're already crazy. Nah, but. not
1: really. Not really. No, I, I I, look, I'd be happier right now if Bitcoin was sitting at 25,000. I think it's dumb at this price. I think $9,000 is stupid cheap. I mean, I, I did not think Bitcoin was going to get wrecked from six to 3000. Uh, I just didn't think that was going to happen. I wasn't happy when it happened. I thought when it got wrecked to 3000 people saying it was going to go to 1000, that was just stupid. And that's why I wanted to talk to you back in, in January <clears throat> 2019. Um, I think this is just a very large base that we're tracing out that will give us an enormous uh, what's her name? Yamada says the bigger the base, the higher in space. So we just have this huge thing that we're tracing out here that we're Only people who really believe in this thing end up holding on to it because they ride through uh, the ups and downs, which this has been very beneficial for the class of 2017 to 2020. It's been a very beneficial time for them to load up on on Bitcoin. Um, And I think that there'll be people who are are uh, dollar cost averaging into it today who if they are able to hold on to what they have if you're 25 or 30 years old when you're 50 or 60 years old you're going to be very very rich Um, i think even one bitcoin will make you very 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 rich i talked to a guy the other day told me he only has 53 million sats and he's trying you know trying to become a whole coiner, and i said You know keep 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 doing that keep working on that um i think even 53 million sats will be a staggering amount of money many people will have sold well before the numbers that i think it will get to in 20 to 30 years but if you're able to hold on to that 100 million sats will be a lot of money and that seems crazy and we think oh my god how could that possibly be but if you bought bitcoin at a dollar and you bought 10,000 of them, which is only $10,000, which is not a lot of money. I mean, $10,000 just in, in in the world of investing is nothing. It may be a lot of money to do certain things with, but that today is, how much is that today? How much is 10,000? It's $90 million? How much is that? 10,000 Bitcoin.
0: Oh. Um, I think it's 90 million, right? Enough.
1: Yeah. Well, like, we, don't make, we don't want to make that mistake that woman made uh, uh, on no, uh, ten... MSNBC who said that who said that Bloomberg half <laughs> a half million dollars and everyone could have had a million dollars from that. We don't, we don't want to make that mistake.
0: Right. Here, I'll look it up right now. 10000 times $9 million. $90 million. Dollars. So who would have thought
1: $10,000 could become $90 million? That's crazy. And I think that, you know, I think that, 30 years from that's a long time 30 years from now 20 years from now that one bitcoin at nine thousand dollars today will be worth an enormous amount of money so because a lot of people will sell they'll end up distributing out that bitcoin to other people the genie coefficient will keep will keep growing there'll be very few people who are able to really hold on as these things go up if we watch it go to two three four hundred thousand dollars if you own 10 bitcoin today you got to go? No. no we're good. We own 10 Bitcoin today and it's at, at, at $300,000. That's $3 million. So that's a lot of money. And that's a lot of money. It goes to $3 million in 10 years. 10 Bitcoin is $30 million. That's an enormous amount of money. So it'll be hard to hold on to our stash because we'll always be scared of how it trades it's going to be difficult people will spend and people have to live you know you got to pay your expenses so if you have a job uh you'll you'll be earning an income but your stash may become worth a lot of money and you want to you want to take nice vacations you want to buy a car you want to do things with it so people will do things but they will also want to enjoy that money as well so people will probably spend some of it some will spend more than others. A lot of people won't hold anywhere near the amount of Bitcoin, the number of Bitcoin um, that they have in ten and twenty Today. and thirty years. Yeah.
0: No, I agree. I've seen. I mean, we've seen it happen time and time again already. That's all I'm saying. Point. Yeah. And I guess we can end it with uh, talking about like the perfect storm and another thing that I thought was very, um, very. One thing I thought was very um, interesting this week, again, playing into uh, fundamentals and then going back to your comments earlier about uh, getting uh, uh, Capitol Hill involved and uh, lobbyists involved, is Bitcoin mining becoming a, a function of power plants and we're seeing more oil and gas companies get into it too. So a lot of people are depending on the coin centers and you were describing like a Bitcoiners pack in the future. I think we've be able to Trojan horse our way in through the energy sector, particularly oil and gas companies. Uh, well, that- I,
1: I, I think that's actually brilliant. I think that <clears throat> think people might be negative on this, but think about Bitcoin has tremendous incentives built into it for energy innovation, energy efficiency. <clears throat> Some people complain that utilities mining Bitcoins a negative, but one of the things I believe, and so I'm not an expert here, so give me a little leeway. One of the things I believe is that energy producers like uh, utilities, electric utilities, have a problem with is um, peak load issues and stabilizing their production of power. If you're mining Bitcoin, And you can say, okay, we'll turn the Bitcoin off. The power level is whatever. You can better predict the loads you're operating at because that becomes a a variable item that you can either use or not use. And now you can stabilize that load. You can plan your energy production in a much more uh, precise way and my guess is, and I'm not an electrical engineer, I'm not a, an expert in utilities, but being able to plan the load that is being produced is probably enormously beneficial to a utility. So I think there are a lot of really good things that come out of that. And people say, oh, no, this is a terrible thing, but it's probably, it probably means that you can reevaluate your investments in the latest technology. Um, produce energy more efficiently, produce energy with less pollution. Is that you?
0: No, I think that's you. You got some music going on in the background there?
1: I don't know what it was. I'm trying to figure out what it was. Uh, it could be. <laughs> Hold on. I, no, I, I didn't. It's...
0: Sound like it could be an ad going off one your, of your tabs that's open or something like that.
1: I'm trying to, I have multiple computers here. I can't find the mouse. um that's weird anyway so i think that it becomes very beneficial to the utility sector i think it tends to i think it will tend to drive innovation and i think that uh that will be a very very good thing and i think that we'll see a lot of positive stuff come from that um
0: i completely agree that's like one of the things um i'm most passionate about right now with the bitcoin narrative is trying to change that energy narrative particularly um i think it is changing and it will become more obvious that bitcoin really helps fix inefficiencies in the energy sector particularly um and in a glaringly obvious way Uh, once you once you actually see like this this power plant that went live in upstate new york they're consuming 14 megawatts a day. That's insane.
1: Well, if, if um, being able to have a, a, a stable amount of production, I believe, and, and you'll need somebody who knows more about this than I do, but I think that's actually a really positive thing for an energy producer rather than having this huge fluctuation. <clears throat> and I think you wind up with fluctuations on the basis of... Uh, on the basis of the time of day, as well as seasonality in the year. But I think it's those shorter term production cycles which become difficult for utilities. And being able to smooth that out probably is very beneficial to running those utilities. But you'll need to talk to somebody who knows a lot more about it than I do.
0: Oh, well, I actually, one of the first episodes we had on this podcast was with somebody who works um, at an energy company uh, at a facility And he was saying, uh, Joe Looney, shout out Joe Looney. He was saying, um, I don't know if it was his uh, particular facility or another around him, but they were uh, basically putting water in like train cars and pushing it up a a hill and dropping it down uh, the hill, which then had turbines that would pick up the water and sort of reproduce the energy. So they had like a net uh, zero energy consumption overnight when when the load was lighter um, so they could keep the factory on but now just being able to use that energy to mine bitcoin instead um, you can make money that way and not have to do that redundant useless task so it just it just makes a lot of sense there that'd be fantastic yeah and then it'd really be fantastic yeah, oil and gas energy lobby seems to be one of the biggest in the world like we may not even have to depend on coin center it may help them out so much that they go to bat for Bitcoin on Capitol Hill.
1: That'd be great. That would it be would really be. great. And, uh, and, and I think we'll see a lot of innovation, um, in, in the space. I, I don't, I'm not an expert in energy. And so, um, incentives are really economic incentives are better ways to drive behavior than our, regulation or moral imperatives you may think something is quote-unquote the right thing to do but if you benefit from it economically by doing it you really tend to want to do it anyway so that just i think you economic incentives are very powerful drivers for human behavior M- many of my views around bitcoin all revolve around price and what price does. And uh, price is incredibly important, maybe the most important thing in an economy. Price causes consumers and producers to make choices. And if price drives individuals and entities to do things that are net positives, then that becomes a good thing. So Bitcoin becomes something which creates incentives to drive behavior that is, is beneficial. Yeah. That probably sounds, what's up? Yeah.
0: No, no, it's beautiful. No, I wholeheartedly believe that the incentives are such and the third, second, third order incentives outside of the direct network are, uh, are beneficial as well. And people are just starting to notice this. Um, It's a perfect storm. It seems like it's all coming together
1: everything is good for Bitcoin. All bad news, all good news is good for Bitcoin. Obstacles are nothing but things to be overcome by the social layer of Bitcoin. Bitcoin's inevitable, Marty.
0: I think so as well. And I guess let's end it last note. How strong is the social layer of Bitcoin right now? Has it gotten stronger in this bear market?
1: I think so, but I mean, I, I'm just one person. I, I mean, I, I only see what's on Twitter, and I think that may be, <clears throat> may just be a limited window. But the social air is created by the incentives of Bitcoin. So turns out, Marty, that you don't change Bitcoin. Bitcoin changes you. And we're going to end it on that. Peace and love, freaks.